Happy Birthday, Mr. President is a production of Big Four Enterprises, copyright 2019. I'm your host, Jeff Myers. My co-host is Carissa Slate. Our creative director is Shelby Myers, and our senior writer is Evan Myers. This is Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Hey, Carissa. Hey, Dad. Man, this is one of the most anticipated episodes of Happy Birthday, Mr. President. We are celebrating the 220th birthday of Millard Fillmore. Who? <laughs> Millard Fillmore. Oh, Fillmore. Yeah. Millard, yeah. He was born yeah. on uh, January 7th, 1800, in Cayuga County, New York. Yeah, that's close to where we used to vacation. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. You've been to Cayuga, Cayuga Lake in upstate in New York. Finger Lakes. In the Finger Lakes. Mm-hmm. That's where your mother's grandmother, Darlin, uh-huh. had a cottage for all those years. Yeah. So, see, you knew a little, you didn't think you knew yeah, that much that's about where Millard, old Millard was from. Yes. Well, he was the 13th president of the United States. Lucky number 13. Yes. And in his early life, I think like a lot of our early presidents born at that time, he was born into poverty. Mm-hmm. And he was apprenticed. That's what they did when they were back there. So his, he was a farmer's son. Okay. And so his principal education was growing up on the farm. Yeah. And learning things. But he did uh, learn the basics of reading and arithmetic. And when he was a teenager, now he was an apprentice with a, uh, I guess they were making cloth. Oh, okay. Fabric. And he bought a dictionary to improve his vocabulary. Oh, okay. So while he would, he would set up the machine and he would run it and between these setups or whatever he had to uh-huh. do, he would find a new word that he didn't know and he would commit it to memory and then just repeat it over and over huh. to build his vocabulary. Sounds so, like a nerd. Well, a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> he, uh, when he was uh, 18 years old, he enrolled in the New Hope Academy in okay. New Hope, New York. And his teacher was a lady named Abigail Powers. His teacher, huh? Yes. Ah. And she was 21, and they fell in love. Ah. Yes. Young love. So I guess you could say he was hot for teacher. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she was robbing the cradle. Well, he was 18, and she was 21, uh-huh. so yes. Well, after he had gone to school there, he uh, studied law under a guy named Judge Walter Wood. And that was over a period of years. And Millard eventually passed the bar in 1823. So here again is one of our, at this time, future presidents, or at that time rather, who's 23 years old. He's a young lawyer. He's a lawyer, mm-hmm. yes. Well, he he didn't have a whole lot of confidence mm-hmm. about himself to compete with some of the bigger lawyers. So he moved to a smaller town, and he dealt with some of the smaller legal issues, like Property lines. Ah, small claims court. Deeds. Yeah, sure. small claims court. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. Well, remember I mentioned Abigail. They mm-hmm. did eventually get married in, on February 5th, 1826. So he was 26 years old. Okay. And she would have been 29. Yeah. Yeah. And they had two children. Okay. And their two children back then actually lived... Uh, Longer uh, now, their their youngest daughter actually died when she was in her twenties. Oh, it's really? Kind of tragic, yeah. Uh, but they uh, they moved to Buffalo, New York, in 1830, mm-hmm. and that's where he spent 
uh, pretty much the the remainder of his his life, you know, yeah. living there in Buffalo. Well, he got involved in politics in 1828 when he was elected a, a New York assemblyman. And in 1833, he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives, mm-hmm. representing New York. And he was uh, later a candidate for governor of New York, but was defeated. Oh. So. Yeah. And. Not a great start early on. No, well, you know, House of Representatives, he served there, decided that he didn't want to run for re-election, went mm-hmm. back to Buffalo. They said, hey, won't you run for governor? So, mm-hmm. And I think it was at about that time uh, is when he, he thought about, I think I might become an orthodontist. Oh, really? And huh, he said, that's a big well, jump. I could either be an orthodontist uh-huh. or I could be an astronaut and I'll be the first president who's in outer space. Oh, did he do it? Well, he he thought long and hard about this. Mm-hmm. Boy, he's a boring guy. If we have to make stuff up, come on, Miller, give us some material to work with here. You know he's so boring. How boring! When is I Miller was doing Fillmore? show prep, I was trying, and I did I did find something a little bit interesting. So when he was president, they had the first. I think it was. Let's see. The first iron cook stove installed in the White House. That's incredible. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe he was a foodie. You know, he liked, you know, interesting foods and cuisines. And um, his favorite food was soup. Soup. <laughs> Probably chicken so soup. So even his his dietary habits were yeah. boring. Well, he was rather Poor bland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, back to politics and yeah. his political career. So it was the election of 1848. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Zachary Taylor was mm-hmm. the presidential candidate there. And listeners of our show will know that we've already celebrated Zachary Taylor's birthday. Uh, and Millard Fillmore was Zachary Taylor's vice presidential mm-hmm. uh, running mate. Yep. Um, he was really, and the reason that Millard Fillmore was nominated, so Millard's from New York, and we remember Zachary Taylor as a war hero, really mm-hmm. no political background at all own slaves. Yeah. Well, Millard Fillmore here is a northern Republican who is not is anti slavery. Yeah. So it was kind yeah. of balanced that ticket out. So uh they did not meet Zachary Taylor and Millard Fillmore did not meet until one week before they were sworn. Oh in. wow. So they were, didn't even know yeah. each other. And they met briefly one other time when President Polk at the time was having a dinner as he was leaving mm-hmm. office. And but Miller quickly picked up on that um, uh, he was going to be an outsider mm-hmm. in Taylor's administration. Yeah. So he really was not involved mm-hmm. with a lot of things, and they they his cabinet kept him on the outside. Mm. Well, we know that Zachary Taylor died from cherries. And he milk. had <laughs> he had too many cherries. Yeah. So it was on July 9th of eighteen fifty. After Zachary Taylor ate a whole bunch of cherries, Millard Fillmore becomes the 13th president of the United States. Hmm. And he was 50 years old when he he assumed the presidency. Yes. Well, one of the first things he did when he was in office was because you've got Zachary Taylor's uh, cabinet members. Mm -hmm. And none of them was playing nice with him. So he immediately asked for their resignations. And he accepted them. But he said, but there's on one condition. I want you all to stick around for one month so I can find your successors. And 
they went away and thought about it and came back and they said, you know what? We'll stay for one week. <gasps> so he had one week to replace everybody? He had one week. So there was a period of time I was in our nation's history when it was July 9th to July 11th, 1850. Mm-hmm. So think about our government. So mm-hmm. we have a president of the United States, a new president, mm-hmm. no vice president, yeah, uh, no speaker of the House, and the and the Senate pro temper. This is the succession yeah. line was not old enough to be president of the United States. Oh, so there were two days in our nation's history back there in July of 1850, where we were on a very slippery slope. That if something happened to Miller, if yeah. Miller had gone back and eaten more cherries, yeah, <laughs> drank some of the spoiled who milk, knows? yeah. Well, one of the biggest things that was, uh, so after he you know, basically sacked his whole uh, administration and he, mm-hmm. and he got a new one, we've talked a little bit in the past about the Compromise of 1850. Mm-hmm. So it's a time of our nation's history when slavery is a really big issue. Well, there were five measures that uh, were part of this Compromise of 1850, and he immediately signed four of them. Mm-hmm. So the four that he signed was, uh, the first one was that California would be admitted as a free state. Okay. So that was a positive thing. Mm-hmm. The second was uh, creation of the Utah and the New Mexico territories, which could allow slavery. So it left it up to those territories, whether or not slavery. Okay. And it also, and then the third one was it abolished slave trade in Washington D.C. So I wonder why he, why he didn't just have a firm stance on it. I think he did have a firm stance. Okay. But he also had enough, uh, well, some political about him that he knew that it's all about compromise. Okay. So if he okay. gets California as a free state, yeah, abolish slave trade in Washington D.C. Okay, I'll give up Utah and New Mexico, kind and, of that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. So, and honestly, in our in our history, we don't hear, hear a whole lot about the slave trade in Utah or New Mexico. No. So. I think it was far enough west, and most of the Civil War happened here in the you know southeast. The yeah. yeah. One of the other fourth measures was uh, of the uh, Compromise of eighteen fifty was that uh, the U.S. government would pay Texas ten million dollars for claims to adjoining territories. So if you remember back then too, we were, uh, the United States was considering annexing Texas. Yeah. So that was in that time, and remember Zachary Taylor, who mm-hmm. was Miller Fillmore's predecessor, mm-hmm. uh, was a war hero though. But the thing that he wrestled with the most was called the Fugitive Slave Act. Okay, what was that? The Fugitive Slave Act was a law that was put in place that would allow give Southern slave owners the right to pursue fugitive slaves that had escaped to the North. Oh. And so anyone who aided a fugitive slave in the North could be arrested, hmm. put in jail for six months, and fined up to $1,000. Really? So... You had abolitionists in the North that just abhorred slavery. Yeah. And there was this law, the Fugitive Slave Act. Yeah. That was in place there that their hands were tied. Hmm. There were a lot of fights back then. Uh, Mobs would try to protect uh, slaves, runaway slaves, and the military had to be called in. in Oh, God. It was just a horrible time. Uh, Runaway slaves had to escape to Canada all the way to Canada to truly be free. Wow. So they had to get completely out of the United States. Now this is something that Millard Fillmore said Mm -hmm. that I thought was uh, a quote that talks a lot about his feelings. He said, 
God knows that I detest slavery, but it is an existing evil for which we are not responsible, and we must endure it till we can get rid of it without destroying the last hope of free government in the world. Hmm. So he really wrestled with that aspect of the Compromise of 1850, yeah. which he did eventually sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he so he was very much against slavery. And I think this is just one of those things that, yeah, Miller may have been a boring guy, mm-hmm. but when you think about the things that he had to deal with as President of the United States, what an awful position for yeah. anybody to yeah. be put in. Yeah. Well, it's hard because with something like slavery... I feel like if you if you position yourself in the middle ground, then you're promoting it. Well, in his position, I I, I agree with what you're saying. And mm-hmm. his position was that he still felt that he didn't want the country to be yeah. fractured, which it eventually did yeah. fracture. But he did what he thought he, he had to do. He didn't want to offend people who were pro-slavery is what it sounds he like. He tried to play both sides yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. You're right. He did not make a firm stand mm-hmm. in what he believed. So, and maybe that's why he gets lost in history as yeah. somebody that we don't even remember. Yeah. Millard Fillmore. Who was he? So, well, it, the election of 1852 came. Now, remember, he went into office in 1850, so he's only in office for two years mm-hmm. because he finished out Zachary Taylor's term. Uh, he lost the party's nomination for the election of 1852, mm-hmm. but he had already decided he didn't he didn't want it. Yeah, and he was well, going, that's fair. He was determined to refuse. He wasn't sure what he was going to do in his retirement years, mm-hmm. and he and he wrestled with this. And uh, another thing that he said: it is a nat- national disgrace that our president, after having occupied the highest position in the country, should be cast adrift and perhaps be compelled to keep a corner grocery store for subsistence. Oh, yeah. There was no pension at the time. That's what I was just getting ready to ask, if he would get a pension. He he proposed that a pension uh, for former presidents be put yeah. in place. And so he did that back in the 1850s, and it wasn't until Harry Truman. Yeah. He was, Harry Truman was the first president to receive a, a oh, really? pension. And it was about 100 years later. Wow. In the 1950s. Huh. Yeah. Very interesting. So what did old Miller do in his retirement? Well, he, after uh, he got out of office, his wife, Abigail, Mm -hmm. who, you know, the teacher, school teacher, uh, she died in 1853. And he decided that he would start traveling the country. And he also went to Europe. Oh, okay. When he was in Europe, he met up with... uh, Former President Marty Van Buren. Remember Marty? Marty. Yeah. Good old Marty. And Marty introduced him to some of the English royalty and everything. Oh, okay. So, uh, but he he came back from his travels there, and he stayed. He kind of dabbled in politics. You mm-hmm. know, he 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 made sure that he uh, had a voice in things. But he married a lady named Carolyn McIntosh on February tenth of eighteen fifty eight. Mm-hmm. Now Carolyn McIntosh was from a very well to do family. So, oh, okay. Uh, they lived in a mansion. On oh, so Ni- he married up. <laughs> yeah, they lived in a mansion on Niagara Square in Buffalo, New York. Okay. And their mansion was a gathering point for a lot of these high society events. And they even hosted President-elect Abraham Lincoln oh, that's cool. in their home when he was on his way to Washington, D.C. in February of 1861. So, oh, that's Well, you know how I like to do the, you know, the first. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Well, 
Not a whole lot with Miller. So what I thought, there were some other firsts that happened uh-huh. while he was president that I think a lot of people will recognize. Okay. There was a guy named Levi Strauss. Okay. He invented these bibless overalls made uh-huh. out of canvas material yeah. for the miners out in California. Oh. So Levi Strauss. American Express. Mm-hmm. That started in New York City as a business express delivery service during okay. the time that Millard Fillmore was uh-huh. in the White House. Another one, a lady named Gail Borden invented evaporated milk. Have you ever heard of uh, Borden yeah. evaporated yeah. milk? Yeah. <laughs> so random. It's so random. <laughs> Another guy named Isaac Singer okay. patented a new sewing machine. Oh. Singer sewing machines. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wells Fargo. Yeah. It began in New York City. Oh, okay. And a little newspaper called the New York Daily Times began publication. They later dropped the word daily. Yeah. It's the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, so those are some interesting things that happened. That is interesting. Now, after he was president also, uh, the uh, Oxford University in England Uh uh, wanted to award Millard Fillmore an honorary doctorate. Oh, for what? Uh, I think they call it a doctor of letters. Oh, it's okay. just an honorary yeah. doctorate from Oxford University. But he refused. He refused. He said, I have neither the literary nor the scientific attainment for such an award. So he was a humble man. He was a very humble yeah. man. Yes. Well, he was like, um, he he loved books. You mentioned um, he would carry around a dictionary when he was younger. But also, when the Library of Congress caught on fire... He ran down to help Wait. put it out. What? Yeah. The Library of Congress caught on fire? Caught fire. And good old Millard, he ran down to help put out the flames. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So he, he was a kind of a scholar and a self-built scholar. Yes. But he well, was humble about it. He was a very humble man. Yeah. Yes. In, in, his, uh, in his late retirement years, mm-hmm. uh, back in Buffalo... He really got involved with a whole lot of charitable organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the first chancellor of the University of Buffalo. Yeah, he was a founder. One of the founders yeah. of the University of Buffalo, which is now in the MAC conference, the same as Ball State University. <laughs> and, chirp, chirp. Uh, chirp, chirp, yes. Uh, he founded Buffalo General Hospital. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Which later became a soap opera, General Hospital. Oh, really? No. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Now, you're a doctor, right? I'm a doctor. <laughs> okay, well, I said hospital, so I thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> Got to reference it somehow. <laughs> he was also involved in the Buffalo Fine Arts Academy. Okay. The Buffalo Historical Society. Uh-huh. And the Buffalo Chapter of the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Aww. So he was an animal lover. Yeah. Yeah. So he died on March 8th, 1874 in Buffalo, Buffalo. New York. And he was 74 years yeah. old. Yeah. I think yes. he had a stroke. He did. Mm-hmm. He did. Now, we already have established the fact that you're yes, a doctor. Yes. So, uh, with, with a stroke, he probably needed some therapy, wouldn't he? Well, uh, not if he was dead, but... <laughs> that's, that's a very excellent point. Yes. But yes. <laughs> yes. This is the 220th birthday of Millard Fillmore, born on January 7th, 1800. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Mr. Mr. President. President. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode on January 9th as we celebrate the birthday of Richard Nixon. I'm your host, Jeff Myers. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check us out on iTunes Podcast, 
Google Play Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.